0: Now with the rental market In such a state of dysfunction Are rent control measures Having the desired effect And what will be the effect Of ending the eviction ban I'm joined now by Adjunct Professor of Economics At Trinity College in Dublin uh, John Fitzgerald He's on the line And in studio Social Democrats TD for Dublin Bay North Party spokesperson On housing Keno Callan Good morning and welcome to you both uh, First of all uh, John uh, Let's talk about the ending As it looks like Of the eviction ban uh, A good or a bad moment move.
1: Um I think it's a, 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 a good a good move. Obviously one doesn't like to see people losing their homes a small number but In terms of the rental market, the problem is we have uh, landlords exiting rather than entering the market. So supply is going down all the time. So while there'll be some people adversely affected by ending the uh, ban on evictions, there are going to be, if you'd kept it, you would have had a wholesale exit from the the um, uh, rental market, which have, would have uh, left far more people um, uh, homeless, so that are uh, seeking other forms of accommodation. So the rent restrictions and the uh, which we've had so far has resulted in this very big reduction in rental property, which is very bad for people who need mm-hmm. somewhere to rent.
0: Now, John, I, I'll come back to you because uh, you've written a piece which I read last week about the history of uh, restrictions in the rental property market uh, going back decades and decades. And it's very informative. But Cian, um I presume you don't welcome the ending of this eviction ban.
2: Uh, No, uh, I I don't. I think it's going to cause huge difficulties. There was figures from the Private uh, Rented tenancies Board showing that uh, about 3,000 families and individuals would have been evicted uh, had this uh, temporary ban not been in place. Uh, So they are now, over the next uh, coming months, are going to uh, be evicted from the private rent sector. There could be more on, on top of that. A significant number of those because of the the very constrained supply will end up uh, homeless and we are already at record levels of homelessness. Uh, It's never been so high uh, ever before. So this is going to make a very, very uh, serious situation even worse. Now, John's point that, uh, you know, all of these restrictions
0: on the mom and pop landlords not so much the big guys although they may be fleeing the market as well but the mom and pop landlords um, getting out of the market because of the plethora of rules, regulations and then maybe constraints on how they can dispose of their properties will send them all scurrying um, to get rid of those properties.
2: Yeah, there's a very significant issue with uh, smaller landlords exiting Uh, over the last five years it's been over 40,000 tenancies have have exited uh, and that is a big problem. What used to happen in the past is as smaller landlords were exiting, there were smaller landlords coming in and taking their place and people can't really get those kind of buy to let mortgages any more since the financial crash. Uh, but is there any
0: appetite on the part of private individuals to get into the the market? And we, we know they always complain, the landlords do, about the taxation treatment that they have compared to the real estate investment trusts. They talk about how the RTB is basically a tenants uh, organisation rather than a landlord and tenant organisation. You know, if someone doesn't pay the rent, eventually they might get them out after a couple of years. And never see a cent of what is owed. All of those kind of issues are frightening them out of the market.
2: Uh, No, I I think without a doubt the best thing we could do for the private rent sector straight away, and I think this would actually benefit tenants and landlords, would be to resource the uh, RTB properly it is not functioning as it should be. That when the whole sector was reformed about 20 years ago, that was a great promise is that you'd get fast, efficient, speedy resolution to disputes from the Residential Tenancies Board. And really, it's the exact opposite. And that's now, that's for landlords who are in difficult situations. Uh, and it is also for tenants, incidentally, who have, you know, who have bad faith landlords as well. There's a minority of landlords who who put some tenants through very difficult sure. situations as well. And neither of those get the the recourse to justice Uh, that they deserve and that is needed for a properly functioning uh, residential uh, private rent sector. So without a doubt that needs to be done. There was a survey done by the uh, Residential Tenancies Board recently on landlords who've exited asking them you know why why. and it was interesting that half of them said look no matter what we wanted to get out anyway regardless of what is done on tax or regulation or anything else. I think you know one of the key drivers is that house prices are quite high so for individuals who are negative equity or who just want to realise their their kind Those accidental landlords
0: suddenly can get out without penalty yeah, because a, they're now a, it in positive is a good equity. Time.
2: So, so certainly for that cohort, there, there's not much you can do. But I, I think for the other landlords, there absolutely is a lot that, that could be done, should be done, needs to be done. Through, through so, so
0: John, uh, going back to the the, the history of uh, rental controls, how far back does it go?
1: It goes back to the First World War. Um, uh, my grandparents rented all their lives and they would have been... My grandfather was a, a minister in the f- f- first governments um, and they rented uh, uh, f- for their lives. My my parents-in-law in, rented in 1941 and when my father-in-law died um, 15 years ago, he was still in the same accommodation. So th- renting was normal and... The rent restrictions didn't have a major like my my grandparents moved from place to place um, um, because uh, yeah there were rent controls but rents weren't changing so up to about 1960 it didn't pose problems but from 1960 onwards as the economy began to recover and population began to rise then it really bit. Um, and they got rid of rent controls other than on unfurnished accommodation, which meant you could rent no... One. When we got married and we were looking for somewhere to rent in 1972, um, you couldn't get unfurnished accommodation because you would be have a permanent uh, life tenancy there at fixed rent. Um, so we persuaded the landlady to take some of the furniture out so we could get our own bed in and uh, a couple of rocking chairs. Um, but th- that... So it just... Uh, all accommodation dried up once you 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 um uh, had this very serious restriction on on w- what you're
0: saying. If someone uh, rented a property, uh, vacant possession, no no nothing in there, no furniture, anything like that, that
1: person who occupied that had the right to stay there for life. Yeah, until the Supreme Court decision in 1981.
0: Okay, so that was an attempt to to. Um, interfere with the market, I suppose, which was challenged and was lost then in the Supreme Court. Um, Generally speaking, I mean, we've had these rental pressure zones, John. What impact have they had? Uh, Because people would say, look, they're great because only 2% per annum when inflation might be rather higher than that. So that's a good thing. What do you say?
1: Um, Short term for a year, that may be okay. But a lot of people found themselves uh, like uh, they, they bought a, 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 a one-bedroom apartment and then they get married or associated with somebody else in a one-bedroom apartment and they have a child. Um, they live in one of the one-bedroom apartment and rent the other um, um, out. Um, and what they're finding now is that with rising uh, interest rates, um, and the cost of, uh, of maintenance charges and all of this, that actually they're losing money, so they have to sell up and 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 uh, 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 possibly use the money to move into a two-bed or a three-bed or whatever. Um, so that the, a lot of the landlords, because the rents are rising much less than, and interest rates are going up um, 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 very significantly, um, they're actually being pushed into a situation where they're losing money. Um, and they can't afford to because they're they're they want to move from a one bedroom apartment. So the, that's part of the the range of people who are moving out. Um, quite understandably, they never wanted to be a landlord or landlady, and they found themselves there by accident. And
0: Keane so, referenced those people in those stats he gave. Half the people were going to get out anyway, and that must include a, a cohort of accidental landlords.
1: Yeah. And Um, the the, the other thing is that the Dublin local authorities have been preventing people building to rent. And the problem is we need more. I I don't care uh, who owns it. What I care is bodies in beds. We need more bed spaces in apartments and houses. But John,
0: the rub is that if you can't buy any place to live because everything that is being built is built to rent, What then? Because it is a a valid aspiration uh, for young people to want to own their own place. And yet there's nothing for sale. uh,
1: uh, What what we have is a situation where um, people are being encouraged to sell, who are landlords, to sell up. To homeowners so not only are we building we built 30,000 dwellings last year um but the supply of dwellings for people to own is being increased by landlords moving out we have a critical problem in the rental market um we where it, 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 the supply is going down and we're a very mobile population when you have people returning emigrants and so on, people move, moving jobs and so on. You need a, 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 a private rental market and we're squeezing it out, which is making life impossible for people who have to rent.
0: And and finally, before I go back to Keane, the, the question of the 2% increase every year. Uh, most of what we read, you know, Daft will have all these uh, figures every month and so on. Uh, and they look at what's advertised on the, the websites And it'll be a lot of them will be new build apartments with very, very high rents, which don't necessarily reflect what is being paid in the totality of the rental market.
1: Yeah, I was on a seminar in the US um, with the US Statistical Office discussing this problem, uh, which we have here, that the rent uh, part of the consumer price index, if it's only based on new rents, they're rising rapidly. For, but for the bulk of people who are renting, who are in uh, where it's only rising by 2%, actually the rents are much lower. So that aspect of consumer price inflation in the United States has been exaggerated. And I think it's probably been exaggerated here. Um, because some people are facing real problems, but a lot of people are not facing the same problems. Kian
2: yeah I mean it's interesting on that point the uh, I think the CSO data on rent increases is probably more reliable than the, the daft because it's a, taking a wider frame than the ones advertised on the website but actually the CSO data is not quite different to the to the daft one uh, in terms of rent increases so that just but, show, I mean if you have yeah.
0: people who are paying say a thousand a month uh, and the market rent based on the new bills which have never been rented before and therefore they can charge what they like. And that's regarded as the market price. It might be double that. Do, do you know? And, and oh, how many yeah, yeah. people... Absolutely. There are so empty blocks yeah, no, in I, parts I, I, of Dublin because of the yeah. high rents being demanded. No, absolutely.
2: And then there's there's definitely a difference between the new build rents and and the, the rents of the existing uh, renters and tenants. There's no doubt about that. And you are seeing uh, tenancies becoming longer uh, people's you know, you used to a few years ago, there was a lot more movement going on, uh, whereas people are much more inclined to stay, not just for reasons of rent stability, but also just in terms of, you know, not having other, other options. Just uh, to address one of the points that John made talking about you know, rent uh, control post-World War II and what happened. I mean, the main reason that the private rent sector in Ireland declined after World War II was because of a massive state intervention in housing from building social housing, from building uh, tenant purchase schemes uh, and also in terms of uh, putting subsidies in for private home But, but homo- also homo- it's homo- fair
0: to say there was huge emigration there was huge huge so, energy. so the demand was falling as well naturally because of the exit of people y-
2: yes but but one of the massive differences for example in Dublin was there was huge programs of slum clearance and that's why we actually lost a lot of the private rent sector literally dublin corporation was cpoing uh overcrowded slums eventually demolishing them and then giving people uh, social housing tenancies in new housing schemes as an alternative so th- that's actually why the private rent sector declined and i think it's also important to say that the kind of rent control which was akin to almost rent freezes that was in place in, in Ireland and other European countries post World War II there is a general consensus that you know as John said as as rent started to increase that that led to a lack of investment in the sector but what's happened since then in Ireland and other countries is you have a more if you like a more sophisticated form of rent regulation which does allow for some level of rent increase over time but puts a bit of control on it so just to you know our context is we have some of the highest rents in Europe and some of the lowest levels of security for renters. And that's not a sustainable situation. Yeah, Uh, John, uh, I know
0: that supply, supply, supply is uh, the answer to the question, because if you've got a competitive market uh, so that tenants have a choice and, you know, you'll find that landlords would lower their expectations uh, because otherwise they'll be left with an empty apartment or an empty house uh, for months and months on end.
1: Yeah, uh, 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 and, and the point which was made, building more so, so social housing, is 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 a good one. That's that is true in the, going back to the nineteen fifties. Um, but landlords want to keep somebody in their apartments. They don't want, and actually, when a tenant leaves, it's costly for them. Um, you've got to go out and find a new tenant. You've got to do up the apartment and so on. So, um, actually, um, a, a sensible landlords. And more commercial landlords want to keep their tenants there if they can. Obviously, they, and so it actually pays them to keep the rent a bit below market prices, not to drive somebody out.
2: Well that's the interesting thing about rent regulation actually is it creates that stability where you're more you get less turnover and less of those costs for landlords. And that's why most Western European countries actually have different forms of rent regulation. And in fact the countries with the largest private rental sectors have rent regulation. It's only really countries in Europe with very small private rental sectors where you tend not to get rent regulation, especially in the you know former Soviet bloc countries where you've extremely high levels of home ownership really because the housing stock was all sold to to tenants. Now, uh, now, Keen,
0: you were talking about uh, what is needed is a massive programme of of, uh, uh, the building of social accommodation, be it uh, houses or apartments. The question is the capacity of the industry in Ireland to do that, because it looks like every builder is out the door with work.
2: Absolutely there is is capacity issues and I, I think actually it's not just a question of social uh, homes it's also having a cost rental sector that's what we're missing here is we don't have a large affordable rental sector like other European uh, countries uh, have and if we had that we'd have a lot more stability uh, for people who want to, to rent there is ca- But also ca- but by the way a lot of people don't want
0: to rent for the rest of their lives because they're looking forward irrespective of what controls there are there to a moment when their income is halved when they go on an occupational pension if they have one or else they're are relying on the state pension, and they're saying, "I will not be able to afford
2: the rent." Absolutely, and I, I think affordable purchase homes is where there needs to be a lot more uh, emphasis. If you look at in my constituency in Marino built 100 years ago as affordable purchase uh, housing for people at a time when the country didn't have much resources and it's been a highly successful uh, community. Uh, very vibrant, very cohesive. It's an area that people want to live in, want to stay in uh, and has really good you know, interactions the way it's designed and, and everything else. And it, that's the kind of housing that we should be able to to do to give people the the option to buy if they're not able to afford to At the the very high rates uh, that are available, but then again, if
0: you're a councillor and you're told we're selling off our housing stock for uh, you know a quarter of the market price, but we have to rebuild at market price, not good economics for a council.
2: Uh, no, and it has to be done on a, on a basis that is able to finance itself. And actually, that's the one of the points about social housing in Ireland. Actually, for most of our, our history, it was uh, self-financing. It's in recent decades uh, when that was withdrawn, but originally it was being done by 100% loan finance. Now, uh,
0: John Fitzgerald, um, we are where we are. We're, it looks like there's going to be an end to the eviction ban. The rent pressure zones uh, seem likely to continue for uh, some time. Um, what is the practical solution? We all know the theoretical solution is supply, supply, supply. What's the practical solution?
1: Well, the practical solution is to gradually phase out some of these restrictions and the rent pressure zones. But if you like ending the the ban on evictions after even six months is going to have a lot of people in very difficult situation. If you ended the uh, rent pressure zones tomorrow and you had a, a large number of rents going up a very large amount you'd have a major problem so it is something that you've got to and that's why once you once you go down the route of restrictions it's you build a bigger and bigger problem. So ending the restrictions early is important. So I would uh, look to phase out over a prolonged period the rent pressure zones.
2: If that's the case, why is it in Europe that the countries with the biggest private rent sectors, let's say Switzerland, 52% of housing there is private rented and they have rent regulations. Why the countries with successful renting models, actually have rent rent rent
0: regulation. And I I propose this to you both, that what we really need is the proper regulation of the sector so that there are prices per square metre which are allowed in particular zones And you may not go above them. And it depends on, you know, are you grade A accommodation, grade B accommodation, grade C accommodation. So it would mean a lot of work by the councils to inspect properties and grade them accordingly. But then everyone would know where they stand. And that's the reason why in many countries it works.
1: Um, John? The the reason why it works or has worked in many places in Germany, is the number of people dying each year in Germany is very close to the number of 25-year-olds. They don't need to build a load more accommodation. Uh, In the Irish case, the number of people dying each year is only 60% of the number of 25-year-olds. We have to build an awful lot more. So. When you put in restrictions which are going to, 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 to dry up supply, you have a huge problem in Ireland. So things that work in Germany where you have a declining population will not work. But the in, idea, John, of,
0: of regulating properties, you know, grade them like you used to grade bed and breakfast, by board, fall shed, those kind of things, and you've got a maximum price you can charge per square metre uh, for accommodation depending on its, its grade. What's wrong with that? I know it's a lot of work but it would give everyone transparency and clarity. Uh,
1: it, 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 it's a lot of work and one, it, it, what you're talking about is restricting uh, uh, rents uh, uh, so they may be different for the market. I think where the area which is really important is tenure, that you don't have arbitrary decisions by landlords of uh, throwing people out. And threshold going back decades have—that's an area they've worked in. There, there are landlords; the bulk of them are good, but there have always been cowboys um, and cowgirls, um, and so that maintaining um, a, a, a sort of having rights and tenancy and uh, tenants' rights, setting them out as they are substantially done today, is really important.
0: Last words, came?
2: Yeah, look, the the European norm is that you have no-fault evictions and where tenants who pay their rent can't be arbitrarily uh, evicted, which is the... We are returning to that situation in Ireland. Now we're returning to a situation of some of the highest rents and lowest security for renters. And the other part of the equation in most Western European countries is you've rent regulation as well and you have thriving uh, private rental sectors as part of that and you can get a, a decent return as a landlord and you can get mm. certainty and the, and the sector has stability and it works for landlords and for tenants. Look,
0: right, thank you both for uh, joining us. John Fitzgerald, Adjunct Professor of Economics at Trinity College in Dublin and Keno Callan, Social Democrat TD for Dublin Bay North and party spokesperson on housing. The Pat Kenny Show
1: with Aviva Insurance.
2: Weekdays at 9am. On News Talk.